Got your Bibles? We're, we're going we're gonna to look there today, like we try to do every, every week. Uh, we are continuing the series that we began a couple weeks ago uh, on facing your giants. Face, actually, we began it last week, on facing your giants. And uh, the, uh, the title of my message today is this, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? We're going to, and if you don't know, we are taking the story of David and Goliath from 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're actually pulling a number of messages from this chapter and from this story. Uh, last week, we talked about facing our fears and uh, letting... Uh, Letting those fears know, letting our giants know that our biggest fears need to disappear. Amen? Uh, today, today I want to talk about uh, when, when, when those giants come and when those difficulties and those trials make their way into our lives and into our homes and into our situations... What or where should our focus be? Where should we be looking? I want to show you from the scriptures where we should keep our focus. Because I will tell you this, uh, and how many of you know, life can be very, very, very difficult uh, at times. Amen? Sometimes life hits us hard uh, even in the last few days, I, I literally have had uh, two people who uh, at one time have been connected to this church who have messaged me and saying, I found my loved one uh, dead on, on the floor or in, in my house. Uh, th- those are not calls that I typically get, let alone two in a matter of days. Um, and, and, and I know that we have people that are facing giants uh, we have people that are facing difficulties, and I do know this, and you're going to hear me say this at the end of this message, the size of your God is bigger than the size of your giant. The size of your God is bigger than the size of your giant. And with that, I'm going to ask you, where are you looking at when Goliath shows up? Where are you looking at? What are you focused on? I want to give you some things to you when those difficulties pop up. So I think this might help you. Amen? If you can, would you stand with me in honor of God's word as we kind of kick things off here? And I'm going to look at several scriptures here today. But I want to start with uh, actually some verses that we read um, last week, but then I'm going to add more uh, throughout the message here today. Uh, let's start in verse 4 of 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along right on the screen, okay? It says this, A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze 
weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. How many of you would agree this is a pretty big giant, right? So as would happen on many times in the battlefield, you would have the two sides kind of shouting at each other. And a main spokesperson would yell their part, and then the other spokesperson for the other side would, wear, would, would, would yell their part. Basically talking trash to each other, okay? Which is something I love to do. Anyway, so you pray for me. And so David, David, the youngest in the family, shows up to bring food to his brothers. He hears this going on. He hears Goliath taunting the people of God. And look what David says in verse 26. You may need to scroll down there, maybe even turn a page in your Bible. But it says this, David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Let's pray. God, I ask you that you would help us to keep our focus where it needs to be. I ask you, Jesus, that you would speak to your people. Speak to your people, and we'll thank you for all you do in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. Now again, giants. (laughs) Uh, We we gave some of the the statistics last week, but one stat I want to repeat to you is that Goliath, just his height, just his height, he was nine foot nine. Okay? Shaquille O'Neal, what, it, how tall is he, son? Seven one. Seven, my son knows all the stats, by the way. That's why I go to him. The guy's brilliant. Seven foot one, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq would be looking up two and a half feet. To see Goliath. This guy, this guy's big. This is a huge, intimidating giant. And maybe as you're watching, as you're hearing this today, you might find yourself dealing with a giant in your life. It's kind of intimidating. It's kind of hard to focus on. It's It's hard to deal with. It's hard to process. There's a lot of questions that are going on in your mind right now because you're face-to-face with this gigantic situation, and I'll elaborate on that more. The thing is, where should we look? Because here's what I've noticed. There are a lot of people that used used to serve God, used to be in church, used to be in right relationships with God, who never, ever figured out how to deal with the giants in their life. And today, they're not serving God. They're not going to church. Maybe they don't want anything to do with Christianity whatsoever. 
And they become angry. They become fearful. They, they, whatever the emotion might be, it's caused them to back off of their relationship with God. And I will tell you that oftentimes that happens because when Goliath comes, we're looking in the wrong place. Our focus is in the wrong area. We have tried to escape to something that is unhealthy. We've tried to go to a place where we try to do things our way instead of God's way. And this morning, I want to encourage you to ask yourself, what am I looking at when Goliath comes? I got a few things that I noticed that David looked at. I got a few things that I think could help us when those gigantic situations come. And none of us like them, by the way. And let me just say this. If you're facing a Goliath, it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. How many of you know difficult times come to good people? Right? Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. None of us put that on a shirt or, or we, we, we don't cross-stitch that on a pillow. But, but Jesus, Jesus was just honest. In this world, you will have trouble, but, 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 be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So while we don't like the fact that Goliath is there, let's just be straight. Goliath is going to show up sometimes. So where should we look when our giants threaten us? I got a few places. Number one, I would invite you to look back at your triumphs your victories in the past. In verses 34 through 36, as we look back at our triumphs, David makes an interesting statement to the king. David said to Saul, and, and, and see, here's the, deal, here's the deal, okay? Saul has tried, we'll, we'll, we'll preach on this later, but Saul's been trying to give David his own armor, okay? Now, David's a young guy, okay? He might even be like Jonathan's size, okay? Just a, a regular, you know, regular average size. If you know anything about King Saul, King Saul was like head and shoulders above everybody, okay? If, if you were playing pickup basketball, Saul was your center, okay? So Saul's a tall guy, and he says, here, take my armor, Okay, And David's like, I don't think this is going to work very well. So David's response to that was this. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, uh, uh, I went after it. I struck it. And I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it, and I killed it. Okay, David's like, he's a bad dude, man, all right? All right, this is the guy you want with you. Then he says in verse 36, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. So, what did David do? David looked 
back at his past triumphs, his past victories, his past answers. What I get concerned with is when the people of God develop a bit of spiritual amnesia. Right? I mean, I, I, I will confess that maybe I've been guilty of that in the past where I, I can look back and I can see where God has healed me and I can see where God has provided for me and God has worked things out for me. He has given me favor. But then when I see Goliath, it's like, oh, it's not going to happen. And we need to be reminded that the same God that helped you slay the bear grabbed that thing with, he grabbed it by the hair. Are you kidding me? The same God that helped you slay the lion. The same God who healed you and kept you from dying in the past. The same God who provided for your family in the past. The same God who gave, your fa- who gave you favor and has given you a great job now that you weren't even expecting. The same God that did all of that is the same God who will help you slay this giant. And see, that's why, that's why we read verses that says, give thanks to the Lord and, for, and forget not his benefits. We, we, we do not forget the good things that God has done for us because if we do, if we do, then we are defeated as soon as Goliath shows up. I think it's a dangerous thing to have a what have you done for me lately view of God. And I've met people that have served God for a long time, and this pops up again and again and again. Uh, or, or because Goliath showed up, okay, we're assuming, oh boy, there must be some sin in my life, or maybe I did something like 20 years ago, and now, now God's going to get me. That's why I have this flat tire. That's why there's not enough money in the checking account. That's why I'm sick. That's why I'm seeing this. And let me just pause there and say that that's just not the way that God operates. As we said during communion, if you've asked God to forgive you of sin, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So God is not going to beat you up with your past. I don't know who that's for, but God is not going to beat you up with your past, especially the past that he's already forgiven. That's not the way he operates. So certainly Goliath isn't there just because you've been a bad person or because God doesn't like you. Sometimes Goliath just shows up and he's loud and he's obnoxious and he's intimidating and he thinks he can't be beaten. But then we need to be reminded, maybe even of small victories, smaller. Maybe we need to be reminded that that was the same God who provided for me. Someone paid for my breakfast at the drive-thru this week. I would have ordered way more. You know? Goodness sakes. It's like, oh sure, when I'm cutting back. 
But uh, no, no, I didn't say that. And, and, and immediately I thought, well, thank you, Lord. That's so cool because I'm reminded that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. And so God used somebody I didn't even know in the cart in front of me to pay for my meal. I thought, wow, thank you, God. That's pretty cool. And, and I can think back to little things. I could think back to when God saved my life. I could think back to a time when this preacher was preaching in another country and there was a, uh, a member of the MS-13 gang who showed up to that service to kill me, to kill my youth group that was ministering there, and to kill all of the evangelists that were working together at that church. And he showed up with a grenade or two to kill us. And instead, he came to the front blubbering like a baby and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Okay. See? Of course, I didn't know this until afterwards. I probably would have wet myself. But, but uh, I was like, you were doing what? You know. But I'm reminded, sorry, that was so inappropriate. Uh, give me another chance. Uh, I, but I'm reminded I'm reminded what God's done in the past. You know, we sing that song, I've seen you move, you've moved the mountains, and I believe that I'll see you do it again. We, we, we need to be reminded of our triumphs, our past victories, our past answers, our past miracles, those small moments, the big moments. We need to be reminded. When Goliath shows up, it's like, okay, okay. Well, God, you've done it before. Let's see what you're going to do now. That leads me to number two. Not only would I challenge you to look at your past triumphs, but you look at your trial. Don't focus on it. But I'm asking you not to ignore it. How do I say that? Now, we've already read verses four through seven. Uh, I'll read it again just to make sure you understand just how huge of a Goliath this was. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span, nine foot nine. He had a bronze helmet on his head, 150 pounds on his head. He wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. That's big. I forget how much it is, but trust me. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. Okay, Goliath is a huge fighting machine. But again, in verse 26, David asked the men that's standing there near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes his disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Do you know what David did not do? He did not elevate Goliath to more than what he was. Follow me. We could be guilty of two things. We tend to maximize our giants. And he's already nine foot nine. But if we're not careful, we will make that giant to be out to be 19 foot nine. Why? Because we're so focused on him, we forget about God. Or 
and, and there's, some te- there's some bad teaching out there, especially in, the, in, in America, in North America. There are some terrible teaching. And I think it's a mistake to suggest that you should ignore your trials or your giants in order to process them. Man, I'm feeling sick. There are people that believe, oh, don't say that. God will get you. That's not God. I'm not sure how that works, but, but somehow we have made, we've made, our, we've made our words mightier than God. Are you kidding me? He's the creator of the entire universe. And, and so there's this mentality that, that says, just, just pretend, just pretend it's not happening. It'll, it'll be better. It'll be, if your car catches on fire while you're driving it, just ignore it, honey. <laughs> Let's roll the window down. There we go. Much better. Well, that's ridiculous. And so to admit that you're going through some kind of difficulty, that is not a sign of spiritual weakness. It's just gut-level honesty. Read the Psalms. Re- read what David prays to God. You know, my, my soul is, is just in, in the depths. I am utter, I'm in utter agony. Boy, there's a faith-filled pray, prayer for you. You know, God, don't you care? Wow, seriously? Again, I've said this before. Can you imagine after we sing the last song and I come up and I say, God, don't you care? Not very faith-filled, but I've learned that God can work even when I don't have the amount of faith that someone else thinks I should have. So I want to liberate you from thinking that you have to ignore your giant or deny that it even exists in order to process it correctly. It's not what David did. David's like, who is that? Who does he think he... I'm going to paraphrase. Who does he think he is? What do I get for taking him out? Not in in the least bit intimidated. And if we remember from last week, okay, these soldiers, they went from being scared... And for 40 days, Goliath talks trash to him for 40 days in the valley. And then after 40 days, these fighters who have seen God move before. i got to emphasize this. They have seen God move in their half before. When they did not deal with their Goliath and they just let him go, the bigger he got and these soldiers literally ran away, the scripture says, instead of fighting. If we don't confront our giants, then we will run away from things that we would normally be able to process. If we don't confront our giants, we will find ourselves terrified by things that we have no need to be terrified of. Again, I don't want to minimize what you're going through. I choose not to do that. That would be wrong of me to do. But please don't maximize what you're going through. Because God is still greater.
So I'm not telling you to ignore your giant. Let's defeat our giant. Let's beat that giant. How do we do so? It's the last place I want you to look today. I want you to look at your triumphs. I want, to, I want you to look at your trial, but I also want you to look at your trust. Whom are you trusting today? Where's your trust? Who do you depend on when Goliath shows up? Because what's interesting, there are a lot of places you can put your trust when Goliath comes. You could place your trust in your own abilities. You could place your trust in your own personality. You could place your trust in your willpower. You could place your trust in your giftings and in your, 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 your. But right after David said, I've killed the bear, I've killed the lion. Look what he says in verse 37. I deliberately left it out until now. He says, the Lord, stop there. The Lord who rescued me. He didn't say, yeah, you know what? I've taken care of the lion. I've taken care of the bear. I'm going to take care of this guy. It's not what he said. He said, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion... And the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And that's when Saul said, go. The Lord be with you. If anybody could have trusted his own ability, it could have been David. David has some pretty amazing victories. And here's the thing. Understand, when you look back on the victories that you had, please never, ever, ever take God out of the equation. Had it not been for the Lord, you would have not gotten the victory in the first place. If the Lord had not been on my side, where would I be? The Lord is the one who brought you the victory. The Lord is the one that gave you the ability. The Lord is the one who delivered you. And that's what David recognized. The Lord, the Lord who saved me from the bear, and then the Lord who saved me from the lion is the same God. He is the same God who is going to help me get through this. I trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord more than myself. I will trust in the Lord more than my pastor. I will trust in the Lord more than my friends. And all those are great, but we dare not trust any of those things more than our trust in the Lord. So maybe the question for us, for us to ask, it's not just where am I, what am I looking at, but really whom do I trust? Look at this verse. Psalm 34, verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Forgive me for those of you who have heard me say this before. But a magnifying glass, 
Okay? Remember those from school? Okay? They're not just for setting the ants on fire. Some of you are like, really? Yeah. There's another purpose. The purpose, the purpose, the purpose even my reading glasses. Like when I put these reading glasses on, okay? Oh, okay. So when you see me struggle up here sometimes, it's because I forget to put these on. When I put these on, or if I use a magnifying glass, you know what it does? It magnifies my view. Get this. It magnifies my view of those words. It magnifies the ant before I burn it to a crisp. Now, the ant doesn't get bigger, okay? And, and, and when, when I put my glasses on, the actual print on my iPad, it doesn't get bigger. Just my, I just got upside down, what happened? Okay, there we go. It doesn't get, it's going to be fun. It doesn't get bigger, it doesn't get bigger, but, but my, my concept of it, my perception of it gets bigger. And the same one that slew the giant with a sling and a stone is the same one who wrote these words to magnify the Lord with me. <laughs> so do you, do you know what you're doing? When you magnify the Lord, you're not making God bigger. You can't make him bigger. What you have done, you are making your concept of him, your perception of him bigger. That's why your worship is so important that's why your personal praise of God is so vital. It's not just singing a couple fast ones and a couple slow ones off a screen. Your worship is more than that. We have to get this huge picture of who God really is because sometimes, folks, Goliath, nine foot nine of him, shows up and our view of God is only about six, seven. And we need to know that we serve a God who is bigger than my giant. The bigger your view of God, the smaller your giants will seem to you. Oh, let me try that side. The bigger, the bigger your view is of God, the smaller your giants will seem to you. Okay? You can give God praise for that because that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. So maybe, maybe we just need to get a bigger picture of who God really is. Here's what I found out in my journey, my spiritual journey. And I've grown up as a church brat. I've been in church all my life. And so what, what I run the risk of is getting so used to God things and church things, that that perception of God kind of falls within the lyric of a song or, or when I'm in crisis mode. But the more I get to know him, the more I get to know him, the bigger he becomes to me. I look in the sky and I see the stars. I, I, I see the constellations. I, I, I think, God, you, you created all that. God, you could, you could hold the entire universe, the Bible says, in the span of your hand. I can't even, whoa, 
you're way bigger than nine foot nine. You're way bigger than my health issue. You're way bigger than my financial crisis. You're way bigger than my family issue. You're way bigger than my job situation. You're bigger than it all. All of that. So how could I not, how could I not put my trust in you? More than anything else, Lord, I will trust you. Again, in the book of Psalms, chapter 56, David again says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? I'm going to close with this. Ralph, if you can help me, that'd be great. Psalm verse 20, verse 7 says this. Some trust in chariots. And some in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. What are you looking at? If Goliath has stepped into your battlefield, he's stepped into your valley, he's stepped into your trial, if you're facing something that seems pretty huge, could I challenge you today to look at your past victories, your triumphs? What's he done for you? He'll do it again. Yeah, but he did a lot of small things in the past, Pastor. I don't know if he can do it. Yeah, yeah, he he can do it. All nine foot nine of them, he do it. Well, I don't even want to deal with it. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't avoid Goliath. Goliath has to be defeated. Because otherwise that standoff would have taken place between God's people and God's enemies. So had Goliath not fallen, there would have been no victory. Some of us may be one Goliath away from victory. It's time to stop ignoring Goliath. It's time to stop hiding from Goliath. It's time to defeat Goliath. And how do we do that? We do not trust in our own abilities. We do not trust in another person. We, we trust in God. Because the size of my God is greater than the size of my giant. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Stand with me, would you please? Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to give us a chance to pray today. I'm going to give us a chance to pray. Here's what I want to do. Today, if you're facing Goliath, you know what? Maybe your giant isn't nine foot nine. Maybe he's about seven two. Okay? And so you think that, well, it's not that bad. Trust me, God cares about that giant. It may seem big to you. So let's just put everybody on an even plane here, okay? If you're facing Goliath, God very much cares about what you're facing and he wants to intervene. But it's time to put our trust in God. It's time to put our trust in God. And I'm going to go ahead and ask this. If, if you're facing a Goliath of some kind, some way, some shape, some form, I, I'm going to invite you to move from your seat and come to this front area so that we can pray.
Can we do that? Just go ahead, go right now. You're facing a Goliath. You're facing a giant. People are coming. Are there more? I'm facing Goliath. Hallelujah. I'm facing a giant. There's more coming. There's more coming. Goliath needs to go down, church. And the same God that healed you before, the same God that provided for you before is the same God. He is the same God that will help you defeat this giant right now. People are still coming. Hallelujah. People are still coming. Hallelujah. I'd love for some to gather around Bruce Kashner, who's facing surgery this Tuesday on his hip. I'd like for some to gather around John Mancini, who's in the back. His wife, Cindy, is facing surgery as well this Tuesday. Back surgery, I believe. All right, church. Some of you Davids out here can testify that God has done it before. Would you be willing to make your way from your seat and pray with and for some of these that are up here? Can you do that? Just move right now. There's nothing wrong with doing this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. If you believe in prayer, find someone to link up with and pray with. Hallelujah. 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 Just begin praying now. Just begin praying right where you're at right now. Jesus. Jesus, we ask you, slay the giant. Slay the giant. Slay Goliath, Lord God. Hallelujah. Some have stepped out in faith, Lord God, and we need Goliath to fall. So God, the same God, the same God who healed and provided and restored and made a way when there was no other way. The same God that saved our loved ones that didn't know you. God, it's the same God who's here to do it again. Oh, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We ask you, God, right now, right now, just keep praying, church. Keep praying. Let's get real with God here. Get real. He can handle your prayers. Lord God. Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Touch your people. Touch your people, God. Touch your people, God. Hallelujah. Slay those giants, Lord God. We trust you. We trust no one else. We trust you. We don't even trust ourselves more than you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The same God. The same God. The same God. The same God who did it before. The same God who did it before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. The same God. The 
the same God. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, the same God. He will be. Hallelujah. We walk in the victory that is in you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not going to have a formal dismissal. But I'll tell you this. Maybe you want to spend some time not only in prayer, but also just praising God. Let's get that big picture of God. Right? And so when you're done with the Lord today and He's done with you, you consider yourself dismissed to fellowship with one another. But let's make this a house of prayer and a house of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.